0: Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for experts, insights, and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true and in today's episode we are covering a topic that we have never talked about before and that is how to reduce your property taxes we're going to talk specifically about how to reduce them when prices are going up and properties are getting assessed at a higher value, as well as when the economy is not doing well and prices are going down. Also, how often should you appeal to get your taxes reassessed? And how are tax consultants paid? We're chatting with Nick Mao, partner at First Point Advisors. They are a real estate tax consulting firm. Here we go. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. We are covering a topic that we have never covered before, and I think it'll be very valuable to our listeners. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Steph. I am a partner with First Point Advisors. We are a full-service real estate tax consulting firm. We're based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and we handle real estate tax appeals uh, primarily across the state of Florida, but we assist in property tax appeals across the country. I've been in the real estate tax consulting world for 16 years. I started my career with a big four accounting firm working in their real estate tax uh, consulting department and have made my way through multiple different acquisitions and then ultimately joined uh, my managing partner, Brian D. Potter uh, at First Point Advisors in 2016. And we have been growing our firm at a rapid pace ever since. So I'm just excited to, to be here and to offer some insight into, you know, real estate taxes and the fun world that is real estate taxes.
0: <laughs> so exciting, right? <laughs> Our listeners know that, you know, every state is different with regards to taxes after purchasing a property. And right now we are, you know, in a recession, although they don't want to admit it. So I think there are two distinct differences of appealing taxes when the economy is doing great, and they want to come after you and get more money for your properties, and also when the economy is starting to go down and actually property prices decrease. So I would like to separate some techniques and bullet points for decreasing taxes. Let's start with when the economy is doing fantastic
1: looking at a property in a in a good economic time it's definitely something that you want to consider that you're you're taking into consideration all of the different factors that you have for that property the income producing potential of the property what's the in-place income and then additionally comparing that to what's the overall market look like what are the market occupancy market rental rates market cap rates and things of that nature but Diving more specifically into the nuances of the property is really gonna be where you're gonna find opportunities when it comes to properties in an up market. The property appraiser is certainly gonna have a little bit more of the shoe on their foot when it comes to valuations in an up market. The sales are gonna be supportive of higher values typically. The incomes are gonna be supportive of higher values typically. So this is where it really, really is a lot more imperative To be diligent in the review of the individual property to ensure that you are taking into consideration all of the nuances what are some of the challenges that this individual property may have are there little things that are not evident to the property appraiser or to the appraisal district from their mass appraisal perspective because they are required to value all the property within their jurisdiction so they're looking at the overall market factors A market cap rate might be 4% for an industrial property, but is that necessarily the the correct cap rate for the property that you have, which might have an an additional risk factor associated with it, where there's near-term leases that are coming due, or there might be some different occupancy challenges that they may not know. So really getting into the nuances in an upmarket is where you're really going to find opportunities for potential savings in a property tax appeal. Not saying that that's not important in a down market, it is equally as important in a down market, but it's much, much more pertinent for a successful appeal in a a market that is on the upward trend.
0: How about moving on to right now, what we are currently experiencing? What would be some tips for people that need to get their tax reassessed to a lower value?
1: Property appraisers in an up market, the values are typically a lot quicker to be raised, whereas there's hesitation in the community to lower values when the market tends to turn downward. So it's definitely very important to make sure that the appropriate factors are being considered, again, making sure that the right rental rates are being used. If rental rates have decreased, ensuring that the appropriate market rental rates are being applied, if it is indeed a market rate state, uh, fee simple market valuation scenario, making sure that the, the appropriate vacancy and collection losses are being considered and that uh, any nuances with the property in terms of you know maybe near-term lease expirations are being considered or credit defaults. A lot of office properties right now are struggling where tenants are, are vacating. In today's marketplace offices, especially some suburban offices are struggling with tenants that are vacating because they just don't need as much space. Property appraisers and and appraisal districts, they don't necessarily know these things are occurring until it's brought to their attention. So it's definitely important to make sure that that type of information is being put forth to them and being provided to them. So things like that appropriate cap rates. And one thing that we're kind of seeing in this market and, and Stephanie, I don't know if you've seen this, but just in general, sales velocity has slowed dramatically across a lot of property types in the commercial real estate world. And one thing that is a challenge with that is data. So having good data becomes a challenge, right? When you have a lot of sales and you have brokers that are selling deals at you know three and a half, four and a half cap rates, everybody's willing to sling out their cap rate when a cap rate like that transacts. But one thing that we're seeing in today's marketplace is when properties do transact, the brokers and the property owners, the people that are selling those deals are a lot more tight-lipped on what is, the mar- what is the cap rate that that property traded for, because a lot of people are taking haircuts on these deals or are not getting the same valuation that, that they once thought they could. Um, and so they're not releasing that information as much. And so data has become a lot more difficult. And one thing that you can do is to rely upon building cap rates through the weighted average cost of capital or an equity dividend rate or looking at the debt service coverage ratios and different things like that to try to come up with an an accurate estimate and support for the positions that you're taking in your property tax appeal.
0: So I know that some states like Texas, they cannot look at the sales price of a property. Do the techniques vary? If someone owns property in multiple states, how would you recommend them approaching it?
1: The methodologies are different just about in every state. There's really no two states that are just alike. Then, as you mentioned, Texas, Texas is a non-disclosure state. And so when a deed is filed and a property is transferred, it's not a requirement to disclose what that purchase price is. So the, the appraisal districts don't necessarily have that data at their disposal. They may have access to COSTAR or to TREP or other types of data sources, but they don't necessarily have the same type of data that a lot of other states like Florida have or other disclosure states have. So those methodologies are definitely gonna differ. A couple of things that I would say are very important for a property owner to ask themselves or to ask their consultant is to really understand the overall process of the valuation. How does the property appraiser value the property within their jurisdictions? What is the timing of those valuations? What is the date of value? When does the value notice come out? is there a corresponding deadline that needs to be followed in order to ensure compliance with an appeal deadline? In most jurisdictions, when a value notice is released, there's typically a countdown to a deadline, whether that's an informal appeal deadline, an administrative deadline, or a court-type related deadline. There's usually a deadline that's associated with that value notice being released. So setting an overall business plan for your portfolio is important in working with your consultant to understand what the process looks like. Is it an informal process that's followed by an administrative process? Is it just an administrative process? Is there an opportunity after that administrative process for a lawsuit? And is that lawsuit in your typical judicial system or is it in a tax court? In some jurisdictions, there's data requirements, submission requirements for certain data. For instance, in Connecticut and in Maryland, there's a requirement for your income and expense statements to be submitted to the property appraiser or to the appraisal district um, in order to be in compliance. And if you don't, there can be a penalty that's levied against the property owner in the form of a penalty uh, on the real estate tax. So that's also something that's very important to consider in addition to how frequent is the valuation done? is it an annual revaluation? Is it a biannual revaluation like in Colorado? Is it every four years? So in North Carolina, it's at least every four years, no longer than every seven. And I know in certain jurisdictions, they're actually looking to shorten that down to two years. So really having an understanding of the overall way that the property tax system works is is a very important thing for you as a property owner to understand, but to also finding a consultant to work with that can help you with those things.
0: I want to hear an example that you're super proud of. Walk us through that one property that you managed to reduce taxes for, and what was the percentage that you were able to reduce it by?
1: It was uh, a scenario where there was a, a purchase of an, an entire hospital system that involved multiple properties, business value, all kinds of different things. The property appraiser increased the value of the property based on um, many different factors, but there was a deed that was recorded and the deed didn't necessarily encompass just real estate valuation, just real estate value. And so the valuation of that property was was changed. Call it from 10 million to 60 million. In the appeal process, hospitals are are complicated properties just in and of themselves. There's a lot of different things to to consider. Um, and this was an older property, and and the methodology that was used was the cost approach for special use properties. You know, the cost approach is a lot of times the the most valuable or the most relevant valuation methodology to understand what the bricks and sticks are worth what is the real estate worth trying to exclude all of the the non real estate related items so this is a, a an appeal that was presented to in florida a special magistrate which is an independent third party at the administrative level that individual ruled in in our favor and the value was reduced call it from 60 ish million down to about 30 million and change so That's it awesome. wasn't reduced all the way back to the 10 million but It was a win. We still believe that it probably deserves a little bit more, but it was a a success nonetheless in a tough, challenging appeal process.
0: How long did that take?
1: So, well, the appeal process uh, in the state of Florida, uh, the value notice is is released in mid-August. The appeal has to be filed within 25 days. And then from that point, we get scheduled for our hearing. And so once we're scheduled for a hearing and and really after the the appeal is filed the valuation process begins but ultimately we're working on the cases as they as they come up and so the valuation process for us on this particular property was probably a couple of weeks of you know work of research and site inspections and Um, you know, discussion with the client and different things like that. And then ultimately submitting that information within the timeframe that's required, because there's ultimately timeframes that are required with that process to ensure uh, that the evidence that you're presenting is going to be viable and is going to be able to be presented at the the actual administrative value adjustment board hearing. So putting that information together, providing it to the property appraiser, having those discussions with them on an informal basis, trying to come to uh, a negotiation or trying to come to a settlement with them and ultimately reviewing their evidence and, and discussing that, presenting it to the value adjustment board. So it's a long drawn out process. I mean, this was one that just completed a couple of weeks ago. So it's um, filing the petition back in September and coming to a resolution in, in early April. April is, you know, you know quite a, yeah. quite a long drawn out
0: process. So do you guys charge a percentage of the tax break that you were able to get, or is it a flat fee? How does that work?
1: There's different fee structures, and it all depends on the type of scenario that we're working with, um, whether it's a single property or a portfolio of properties. But generally speaking... In uh, the property tax consulting world, there's typically a what's called a performance-based fee or a contingency fee that is charged that is a percentage of the real estate tax savings that is generated, not necessarily the valuation that's saved, but the tax savings that's generated. Uh, There's typically a fixed fee or a flat fee component, but that's going to just depend on the type of services that are required by that particular client whether it's just uh, appeals that is a service that's being offered or if there's other ancillary services that are offered, such as um, assistance with underwriting and pre-acquisition due diligence or property tax forecasting, budgeting, different things like that is all going to depend on the way that that um, engagement is structured. But the answer to your question, for the most part, is we are compensated on a contingency fee basis or a performance fee basis of the real estate taxes that are
0: saved what is your recommendation? So I'm guessing it varies by states. Do we receive the tax letter in the mail? We send it right away to our tax person? Um, How often is it really based on the last time that the appeal was made? Or is it on a yearly basis? What would you recommend there?
1: You know, one of the things that we had kind of talked about beforehand was the do's and the don'ts of, you know, these types of things. And definitely don't throw that thing in the trash. Um, when you get a, when you get a value, don't put notice, it, on the
0: pile of, I'll don't put it in it the later. pile.
1: Don't put it in the look at later pile. Don't <laughs> throw it in the trash. It's, it's amazing how many times I get calls from property owners that are late to the, to the deadline. Yeah. You know, it may be just a week. It may be two weeks or three weeks, or it's six months. And they say, Hey, I just got my tax bill. And in the state of Florida, that's in November, you get your tax bill in November. By that time, it's too late. So if you're looking yeah. at your tax bill and you're going, holy cow, what happened? Why is my tax bill so high? It's unfortunately too late to file an appeal in that, in that circumstance. In relation to, say, Florida, that date that the notice is mailed out is mid-August. And that starts the 25-day window in which we have to file an appeal to protect your right to challenge that value that's as of January 1st of that year for 2023. We're looking at a data of value of January 1st 2023. The notice comes out in August the appeal deadline is in September and then we're working those appeals throughout the year once we get scheduled for those hearings so definitely when you get a notice whether it's in Florida, whether it's in Maryland or Georgia or Texas, these are all jurisdictions that have appeal deadlines you know that are requirement and once you miss that deadline typically, There's no way to go back and file a challenge once that deadline's been missed. In certain circumstances, you can skip the administrative level and go straight to court. But again, that's in certain circumstances. And you have to also understand what the dates are that there's requirements for that because there's statute of limitations and there's dates that are required to be met with just going to that next level as well.
0: How often would you say we should send it right away to our tax attorney? every year let's say last year we got it appealed and we got it decreased should should i send the one this year as well
1: i would say yes generally speaking yes in some areas there's on cycle and off cycle appeal opportunities in some circumstances like in north carolina um, the revaluations are every four to seven years and if you appeal it in you know year one that value is going to hold over the period unless there's changes in the property such as new construction or things of that nature. But typically in a multiple year valuation where it's not an annual revaluation that is going to hold, but a lot of jurisdictions around the country are annual revaluations. And so if you're not sure, I would recommend consulting with your real estate tax professional, whether it be a consultant like myself or an attorney, um, If it is required to be an attorney in that particular jurisdiction, the last thing you want to do is put that thing in this, look at it later, pile. when you look at it later past that deadline, and there's not much that you can do, unfortunately.
0: Do you guys do residential as well or just commercial?
1: So our, our primary focus is commercial. We do handle some high-end residential throughout the state of Florida, but our, our main focus is going to be on the commercial side. And if I don't have a particular answer, odds are that I know the good person um, that we can leverage to to find a, a, a good answer for the question.
0: Is there anything else that we have not covered that you think is important for our audience to know?
1: One one thing that that I would say as a commercial real estate investor and I, and I know you've probably mentioned this on your on your podcast in prior episodes, is just really understanding the nuances from a high level perspective, right? You are a commercial real estate investor. Your role is to find the deal, underwrite the deal, and to understand you know, what the income producing potential of that property is and determine if that is an investment that suits your needs, right? Your, your role is not necessarily to be an expert in the real estate taxes and to understand all of the minutia of real estate taxes and what are the things to look for. And that's why you know, I do think it's important for you and for your listeners that are involved in the commercial real estate world to be well-versed enough to understand the important pieces that they need to know, finding a real estate tax consultant or an, an attorney that you like and that you trust with your properties and that can set a plan for you along with your investments to ensure that you're being monitored. And the other thing that I would say is as an investor, it's definitely imperative to ensure that you understand what are the real estate taxes gonna do once you acquire a property. You don't wanna assume that the the taxes of your investment are going to remain the same as what the prior owner was paying, because that's certainly not the case in most jurisdictions. So definitely imperative to understand and work with a professional on the front end of a deal so that you're accurately budgeted and you're not kicking yourself later down the road when you get that real estate tax bill saying, holy cow, I didn't forecast for this. How am I going to pay for it?
0: Have you seen people lose properties after closing because of that?
1: I've seen people struggle with properties very much. Not necessarily have I got an example for you where somebody lost a property specifically for property tax. I think if we go back to the residential bubble back in the early 2000s into 2007, 2008, those were circumstances where people were paying lots of money for properties and the property tax bills were getting revalued upon upon their acquisition and they were certainly not uh, able to afford those. The return on your investment can can definitely be impacted by real estate yeah. tax bill that you're not expecting. Yeah. If you're forecasting that accurately, it may be something that you reconsider a potential uh, offer on a property or looking at how it's going to um, impact your, your bottom line, figuring out where are some of the other areas that you can cut costs and understand exactly what that opportunity is to, to make that the most successful investment that you can.
0: Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all of your great insights. How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach me at my email address, which is n.mau at first-pointwithane.com. Simple, easy email. Um, And my uh, phone number is uh, 954-906-8066. You can just look for me on, on LinkedIn so our website is www.first-pointe.com. So first-point with an E.com.
0: Nick, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
1: It's my pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure.
0: And this is for our Bay Area listeners. We are going to be having Fannie Mae's chief economist come give his economic forecast on June 8th at 6 p.m. I'm going to put the link under show notes. This is a very timely event. He's going to be talking about bank failures. Are the interest rates going to keep going up or not? And what are the consequences of that? I will put the link under show notes. I look forward to seeing you there and I will see you next time.